men at work. Now, now, see, the, the first thing is I came from Greenwich. I didn't come from the Isle of Dogs. And part of my working life was down the barge yard at uh, Point Wharf. That's Greenwich side, not the Isle of Dogs. And uh, there wasn't a community in my area of Greenwich like there was on the Isle of Dogs. And I only found that out when I came to the Isle of Dogs when I married Bud. 53. But, but it was happy days, you know. We, we was all mates. It was like you, you went into that yard in the morning and you started acting like kids, you know. You framed paper at each other at meal times and, and all things like that. It was an happy, it was an happy atmosphere. The area, Greenwich wasn't as close-knit as the Isle of Dogs was. It's to do with the island and all the industry on the island and all the local people worked in them industries. Not many went off the island, did they, bud? No, no. Not many went off the island. So, like, you had an interview with Brian. They worked in the docks. George worked in the docks. They all all interminged, you know? Uh, and uh, that was that was the closeness on the island because with so many firms that nobody moved off to work. Greenwich, they worked anywhere, you know. We only worked in several little yards along that side, along that side of the Thames. Brian? There's a lot of these jobs around the island. Lanantons and Montague Myers and MacDougalls and that. When people joined the, the service of that firm, invariably they'd stay there till their time was up. Well, I was lucky. I I done similar to an apprenticeship in the docks of the messenger boy and all that. It less money than apprentice actually, but uh, I I didn't have to do the call, and the call itself was just evil, evil. And when Devlin one came along, we was all made the same. Excellent, absolutely excellent. The industry was at peace, and it was. They was virtually in cages, fighting one another to get a job. And, uh, you know, talk about Charles Dickens and all that, that's how it was happening, you know. It, not so much in my time fighting to get a job, but you still have to hold your hand up and, you know, get, get yourself a name. Evil. And it wasn't only just the docks. The shipbuilding was the same. They used to go on a call, go up the graving dock, go on a call and all that. And they probably did in the markets, I should think, for supplementary workers. You know, you don't really want to go there with me. I mean, I'm going to have to get political. But the thing is, in them days when they had to call on, you wasn't guaranteed a week's money, you know. And it's come now, it's turned a full circle now. And today, they're back in that position where you ain't guaranteed a day's work, let alone a week's work, with it's zero hours, you know. Sometimes there's no option but to work hard to survive. Though London rents are insane these days, the responsibility to pay your way is still as heavy as ever. As Albert explains. My dad died when I was 26, so, you know, I virtually took over rather than the house. Because you know, I had a young brother, I got a younger brother, elder brother was married, but my younger brother was an apprentice. So until he became fully qualified, which then he got married and moved away. I virtually did all the bills and everything because he wasn't early enough. Well, he wanted to chuck his apprenticeship up and uh, my mother told me and I went, I'll have a word with him. And she said, don't you have your eyes? I said, I'll have a word with him. And next morning she said, what did you say to him? I said, I just advised him he may not be more financially better off 
by packing up his job. Because I said to him, once you pack up your job, you're on man's wages. We split the bills down the middle.